Hey everyone, welcome back to My Movie Story. It's Brian here and this is the show where we interview people uh, from all walks of life and backgrounds about their three special movies. Uh, so if you've been watching us for a while, you'll know the categories. Uh, if you don't, I'll give you a quick rundown. So we talk to people about their all-time favourite movie, uh, the film that changed them in some way or changed their perspective about other people or life or, or the world, and then the film that they think everyone must see. So this is not really about giving you a rundown of the plot or how many uh, stars or percentage you got on Rotten Tomatoes. We're not about that. This is about the person we're speaking to, their connection with the film, their perspective on it. So hopefully this will give you a, a new perspective on this film if you've seen it before or if you haven't seen it at all and maybe normally you wouldn't watch these kinds of films, hopefully you'll go and check them out. Uh, so our guest today is uh, Sam. Uh, he's a devoted father. He's 41 years old. And he grew up in Melbourne's eastern suburbs. And Sam and I went to high school many, many moons ago. Uh, we hung out. We were chums back then. And recently we've just reconnected, which is which is great. Uh, and Sam really considers himself to be a down-to-earth guy, which I can totally attest to. He's a creative guy. He actually is a composer. So he's composed classical and piano music. He also writes poetry. And not too long ago, he recorded a piece of music with Prague and Budapest Symphony Orchestras. So that's pretty impressive. Um, and we're going to get a little bit of a snippet of that later on. Um, and he's also a professional dad joke teller. He has his own TikTok channel for dad jokes. Um, and no one, no one laughs at them, but, you know, I think they're funny. I'm a dad. I tell dad jokes. And, you know, maybe he'll share a couple with us. We'll see how we go. <laughs> and he's an avid Chelsea football club fan and into Premier League soccer as well. He's traveled extensively. He's, he's been all around the world and he's uh, two of his favorite destinations are Iceland and Alaska. So uh, really interesting bio there. And uh, Sam, it's great to have you on My Movie Story. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you, Brian. What an unbelievable intro. <laughs> My head is huge now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's you wrote it, man. I'm just, I'm just reading your life story. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so um. You know, I remember hanging out with you in high school and I, I didn't know back then that you were so musically talented. It was only just when we sort of caught up recently that you shared that with me. And I'm like, damn, this guy's conducting like a professional orchestra here. So so tell us a little bit about that, like your music and how did you come about to conduct a, an orchestra? Like, how did that all happen? Yeah, no worries. Look, I mean, I've had this um, talent and, and attraction to piano uh, since I was um, probably six or five years old uh, long back and um been doing composing for a very 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 long time um uh, very much into classical uh, compositions um film scores and and because of my background as well i, I tend to um, write music that is very eastern influenced or middle eastern influenced but also um uh, fusion with the western uh, classical uh, music so so up till probably two or three years ago um the only serious thing that i've done about my music is is put it up on t into soundcloud or some youtube uh videos but um i decided to take it very seriously um and that was probably about three four years ago now yep and i've i wrote uh four pieces um um uh, to be orchestrated basically um uh, or prepared to be orchestrated and i worked with a um a, a guy in brisbane um 
who who is a actually a quite a um semi semi famous I should say yep um uh, guy who's um um uh, have done films in 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 the US and in Europe um oh. and and he listened to my music and he said look I can help you with with the actual um uh, writing of it and the orchestration of it and dividing it into different uh, instruments and things like that um so I worked with him very very closely on that for almost I would say a year on that on those yeah. four pieces yeah. uh it's very it's very time consuming because it's, yeah. it's it's you have to drill down and it's you know back and forth back and forth until you get it spot on yeah um yeah, it's a very involved process, you know. Very involved, very complex process. Yeah, and it shows in in the in the finished uh, product that you shared with me. I was just like, I was blown away. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you, man. Really appreciate it. And I think mm. it, it it is it is everything that I that I have inside, yeah. trying to, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I guess uh, express it. Um, and um, and yeah, and I really wanted to make something out of it, so I contacted a a an orchestra in in Prague initially and um had a four hour session with him the the whole experience of me just listening to the music that that was played by 50 odd uh, piece orchestra was mm. just mind blowing such a, an out of body um yep. experience yeah. um to go then, from your head to hear an orchestra from my head to piano to, to to listening to this yeah uh, being really played cool. by a full orchestra was just an amazing experience mm. um, yep and, and any uh, creative person, that's really what they dream of. Like, you know, I've, I've written a few stories. So if like one of them got made into a TV show or a movie, I'd be like, wow, like this is, mm. this is what was in my head. But it's all, it's always, I imagine slight, slightly different from what was in your head, but as close to that as possible. And I think to be able to hear music in your mind and then have it played mm. by an orchestra or a band to get it to that stage that's you know that's incredible it's a huge achievement like i thought making a song on garage band on on the uh, <laughs> imac years ago was an achievement for me but yeah, i've got nothing on you mate <laughs> no no thank you man really appreciate it now look and and, and um and uh so i mean look family was very uh, appreciative of it um they really enjoyed it so friends and family as well it's, yeah. it's nice to get that kind of reaction and and yep. and, and feedback yeah um and I repeated Something this. That in... will live forever. You know, that exactly right. will live exactly forever. Right. Who knows how many lives that's going to impact, mate? Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. That's absolutely. So cool. Spot on. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And now you're on our podcast, which is, you know, I know it's a very high honor as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you can add that to the to the creative legacy. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yes. But um, <laughs> very cool. And uh, some of the films you've chosen uh, that we're going to talk about focus mm -hmm. on music and have yes. you know, very iconic music in there mm. and use music mm. around the plots and mm. some interesting songs or a really compelling score. So that's definitely mm. a theme here with mm. your films. And um, yeah, so if, if anyone here is new to the uh, the podcast, how this works is uh, Sam's going to tell us about his three films one by one. And we're going to start with the film that Sam thinks everyone must see. And uh this is an old one. It's a it's regarded a classic of of cinema, and uh, if you've got a spare three or four hours, it's uh, worth a watch, <laughs> which is a hard amount of time to find in today's life. But if you can binge watch a TV show for that many hours, I'm sure you could watch a movie for that long. Uh, so that's enough from me. But Sam, can you tell us what this film is and and just sort of set it up for us? Yeah, no worries. Now look, it's an absolute 
classic uh, of, a, of, a, of a movie and, and film. Um, it's Lawrence of Arabia. Come on, man! For over a quarter of a century, controversy has raged around the name of T.E. Lawrence. No man of our time has drawn upon himself so much praise and so much criticism. of Arabia um, it was um, done in 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 the 60 in the 60s I should say um, David Lynn was the uh, the the director who was responsible for such a an absolute masterpiece mm. um, and um, I guess the synopsis of the of the story or the, or the, or the plot um, revolves around um, um, a a general in the British army who's basically um, uh, sent to Arabia. So this is the place between uh, Saudi Arabia and, and Jordan. And that was in World War I uh, back in that time. And yeah. the whole purpose of him going there was um, to understand and understudy the, 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 the tribes, the Arab tribes, uh, yeah. the Bedouins um, at the time. They were completely uh, divided. Mm-hmm. And his purpose was basically to try and unite those uh, tribes uh, in order to uh, defeat the Ottoman uh, conquerors at the time um, from 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 Turkey. Um, so his story is basically um, uh, as a as a as explorer, as a traveler, as an influencer. Um, he goes there and he he he's um, embedded into into their world. Right. And and to, into their culture and into yep. into how they sort of live in this um, amazing um, life and amazing landscape um, mm-hmm. in the in the desert, which they call their you know uh, they call their their country. Yep. Um, T. Lawrence himself, um, as a as a man and as a character, is is very interesting. He's a he's a he's an explorer. He's a writer. He's a cartographer. Right. Um, he wrote a, he wrote an amazing book called Seven uh, Pillars of Wisdom. Uh, so himself as a as a human as a character is 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 quite is quite amazing. Yeah, and and he he basically he basically I would say revolutionized the whole way uh, of conducting conducting war. He he was basically the starting the starting point of what they call these days. Uh, guerrilla warfare warfares. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so essentially, um, he um, would basically uh, see a, a line of of troops. Um, he would only have a few um, soldiers with him, and right. perhaps a Rolls Royce armored car. Um, he would surprise him, appear, violent action, and then move off so strike yeah. and move strike and move strike and move yeah so it's not like a, a conventional warfare where you basically have um, you know armies from from both sides and you know mm-hmm. the old-fashioned way of sort of um, um attacking each other so so he yeah. sort of re- revolutionized that way and if, if have you heard of the, something called chindits before no yeah. okay so chindits is is sort of early um early SAS early oh, okay. commandos, right? Um, 
living it rough in the in the jungle and you know having those physical and mental uh tests to do these kind of very difficult um uh i guess um uh what do you call them um like missions yeah, and stuff missions and things like that yeah yeah yep yep and then basically later on he um uh, he, his influence basically goes all the way to the to World War Two. So, his cousin, uh, his cousin, his name is um, I remember I think his name is Wingate, Wingate, and oh, yep. basically yeah. So Wingate, who, who's who, who was uh, T.L. Lawrence's cousin, uh, actually was involved in the 1948 um, uh, war when um, Israel basically became a. a uh, an independent country yep. um, um, in in the Middle East, and so he was sort of involved there. So his 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 legacy basically is, you know, it's yeah, it's now it's is used all basically all over. Um, uh, everlasting, yeah, it's still, everlasting, still yeah, continues yeah. to have a legacy today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the film Lawrence is played by Peter O'Toole, the British, yes, the legendary mm-hmm. British actor. Um, and from my understanding, he plays this soldier Lawrence who his, his, um, superiors don't really take him very seriously. And he's kind of put into the desert on this mission and sort of like, cause they need to do, do something with him and put him somewhere and it completely transforms him. Doesn't it? Like he's a, he's a completely changed guy as a result of his time in the desert and yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the desert actually completely changes perspective. Mm. Um, not just on on life, but how things are conducted, yep. and how things are are perceived by other people, uh, mm. and then and their priorities and how they view things, mm-hmm. um, um, and and um, yeah, and and to be and to be honest with you, Peter O'Toole played the role amazingly, amazingly oh, yeah. well, amazingly yeah. well. Him and um, Omar Sharif was another sort of legend, uh, yes. legend of the cinema from. Uh, uh, from the 60s actually him so Amar Sharif and David Lim who's the director yep. straight after Lawrence they uh, made uh, Dr. Zhivago which uh, is another absolute classic yes yes yeah, I've, I've, yeah. it's on my list haven't seen that but it's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard good things uh, about that <laughs> yeah so yeah. so um, yeah so I mean th- these guys they, I mean just sort of to give a background about the movie they actually um, spent nine months or ten months out in the desert filming mm-hmm. um wow. you wouldn't have any of that these days i mean you, for if you want a background or a landscape you would do cgi and yeah these kind of things. that's but it actually, or they might spending... just go films in, in the desert of like california or utah and then like you said exactly. yeah, dig- digitally change the background but back in yeah. those days films were made it was like they they threw these guys in right in the middle of it didn't they you know and that's that's yeah. why it's so realistic and so convincing in so many ways Exactly, and yeah. they did it. They did it in a place called Aqaba. Um, Aqaba is is the south of of Jordan, and it's prickly heat. It's it's it goes to fifty something degrees during that time. So imagine yeah. yourself as an actor, or the crew, yeah. everybody around you. It would have been um, a grueling shoot, I can only <laughs> and it probably shows on the screen. Like like the sweat's yeah. probably real, and the you know the the look of the dehydration and the, just the being you know just kicked in the butt by the desert it's probably all real you know i can only imagine exactly exactly and look even the simplest thing like um um i i remember that uh, i watched an interview many many years ago 
um, uh, of Peter O'Toole, actually. He was explaining one, one of the scenes. Uh, one of the scenes was him basically riding uh, with others, a uh, bunch of camels, and going all the way to the end of, of the basically where the camera angle was. Um, and the, and what when they finish, what they have to do, they have about 200 or 250 guys work working to sweep back the desert because they're using that same scene for uh, something right. else. <laughs> so all, all the foot trails that you yeah. have of the camels, they had to basically sweep it manually. Yes. It took, I don't know, two or three hours just to shoot maybe like a, a you know, like a five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Five, five, that minute job? Yeah. Five, five minute sequence um, wow. that's that dedication is just incredible and uh yeah, yeah. And, and with this film i guess one of the other things that makes it so iconic is is its score um it's musical yes. score yeah mm. so yeah being being a, a music man yourself um mm. well yeah give us your sort of take on on the score and and how it serves mm. the film and all of that sort of stuff yeah no worries. so i mean i guess one of the one of the most iconic um composers of of music from that era maurice ja he's a french he's a french composer and um he was basically accountable initially for this movie believe it or not only for about uh 10 of the music so um the producers at the time they had somebody else in mind and that somebody else in mind came in and he played a piano part that was supposed to be the main theme for the for the music and the producers were looking at each other going mm, that just doesn't doesn't sound right right maurice came who maurice who 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 played just an um, a very beautiful melody to start to start the um, the theme for 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 lawrence right at the beginning of the movie um and it's such a captivating uh piece of music that basically uh, you know, it's it sort of it sort of takes you to this desert world. You know, it's, yeah. uh, without without if you, if you close your eyes and you kind of um, you, you you will imagine you you are in the desert. You are in this yeah. world. That's you right. are surrounded by Bedouins and Arabs yep. and and things like that. So, hmm. um, and that's the magic of of music that you know yeah. it it, it's, it transcends language, cultures, everything. You that's know, right. so. It, Yep. Um, yeah, and and it, it, like you said, it transports you into a time and in a place, and it's a it's like a character in the movie itself, isn't it? The music, and it's absolutely. like if absolutely. you think of some of the greatest scores of all time, like the music mm -hmm. is like it moves the story along. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine Jaws without that iconic score? You know, or or Star mm -hmm. Wars, even you know, and and I think yeah, the best movie scores came out of the twentieth century, probably the sixties, seventies, and eighties the best movie scores of all time yeah which exactly exactly sure you probably agree with yeah yeah and and so how did this film come into your life sam how did you discover lawrence of arabia that's good very very good very very good question <laughs> to be honest with you i actually i i i watched it when i was for the first time when i was um um a teenager and and the reason i watched it it wasn't because of the movie the, re the reason i watched it is because of the music yeah. so i i did have the the actual soundtrack at the time it was all oh, right um uh, yeah and um and i was listening to the to the to the tracks and beautiful tracks and once i listened to the music i said mm, maybe i have to i have to watch the movie but like you yeah. said it's a yeah. it's a three-hour movie uh yeah. and <laughs> 
you do definitely need to take breaks in between. Um, yeah, it needs an intermission, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, like in the sixties and you know the seventies, the the um the speed of the movies is extremely slow, moving from you know one scene to another scene, mm. and it's very long takes. You know, yeah. very very long takes. I, I, I'll give you an example. Um, the this most one of the most iconic scenes in the movie, and I, I did share it with you a while That's back, right. yeah. yeah, ago, is a a scene where you, you see Omar Sharif for the first time on screen, which is basically um, it's a it's a very long shot, and it's a mirage um, in the desert, and you only see sort of a stick coming out very very far away, and you don't know what that stick is, and it, the stick moves closer and closer and closer to the to the camera until you find out it's actually. Omar yep. Sharif on a, on a, on a horse and yeah. he's shooting at the guy who's stealing water from his yep. <laughs> from his thing. So um, that scene originally, uh, David Lynch said it it was actually the, the first cut was around um, the ten to twelve minute mark. Right? Wow. <laughs> imagine yeah. imagine just waiting for for this guy to come in to the yep. screen for twelve minutes. Yeah, uh, they shot on it to, to eight minutes. So yeah. it's. Yeah, that I mean, a lot of patience. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the story has to keep moving. You know, the so. story, we, we don't. I mean, the, these days the editing was it's amazing. You, know, you cut from one scene to another scene to another scene, and it just makes it very sort of exciting to watch. But yeah. um, back in the days, it is a very very slow, very yeah. Slow and process, if it's yeah. if it's done right today, if it's mm. done right, those slow takes can be really effective. You know, if it's done exactly. right, like a, mm. a slow mm. pan in a horror film and it eventually stops and you see the dark figure standing in the corner. And, you know, there's a, there's a horror film called hereditary with uh, Tony Collette and Ga- Gabriel Byrne. And there's a lot of those slow shots, but they're very effective. So yeah. And, the, and that shot you were um, telling me about and shared with me, it was like, what a great introduction for a character. Cause it's like, right. what is this materializing on the horizon? And, and That's as right. the other mm. Arab, Arab discovers mm. who it is, like you just see him completely change. And then, yeah the movie then really kicks into motion from that point. So yeah, That's right, great, yeah, yeah. A, a great mm. scene. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so overall, like, why is this a film you think everyone needs to see Sam? Like as, as a must see movie, because yeah, yeah, what, what makes it, it a must see movie? It, it, it combines, I think um, it combines amazing story. Um, and I guess the message behind the, the story, uh, amazing cinem- cinematography, mm. just, Purely amazing cinematography. Yeah, couldn't agree uh, more. Yeah, the actors, superstar actors, and they still are. I mean, Peter O'Toole is just an absolute legendary, act, legendary actor. Um, uh, Omar Sharif, the same thing. Um, and the music, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. just I guess I guess the 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 magic combination between all all three just makes it really worthwhile. Yep, um, definitely watching. Yeah. It. Yeah. And would you consider it? Like a is it a perfect movie? If there is such a thing, would you would you hold it in that kind of esteem? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, uh, Steven Spielberg. Um, uh, I watched an interview um, uh, about his favorite movie, and he said Lawrence of Arabia, in his eyes, were the perfect movie. So oh. if Steven, if Steven Spielberg was one of the greatest directors of all time, yep. thinks this movie is the greatest one. It it has to be something special about it. You know oh, what I mean? Like, sure. so, so yeah. you know he knows what he's talking about. It, yeah. He knows he, the guy knows what he's talking about. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and like hopefully for anyone here watching this who's not familiar with the film or would consider 
a film from that time you know yeah like it's mm. this is why we do this show is to is mm. to bring more light and awareness to these films and um and to see something different and you'll be hugely rewarded for it as as you've put so well sam like it just ticks mm. all the boxes and and um from what i saw of it i haven't seen the whole thing but from what mm. i saw of it i was really impressed and i'm looking forward to taking a whole day off work to watch it because <laughs> <laughs> i think we'll need that amount of time and then just to process it afterwards but um yeah good stuff lawrence of arabia awesome awesome all right well let's move on then if we can mm-hmm. mate uh to your second film uh mm-hmm. and music again features strongly in this film and this is mm-hmm. the film that you consider uh really changed you as a person your life mm-hmm. your perspective and has had a lasting impact on you personally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, can you tell us what that film is and 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 share it with us? Yeah, it's the I guess the Oscar winner um, Shine um, story of David Halcott was one of the most prolific uh, pianists um, in, in in Australian history. Fine Line Features presents. One of the year's best films. It's electrifying acting and filmmaking. The performance, I guess, by you know Jeffrey Rush, winning an Oscar for it, uh, just a genius performance. Oh, uh, one of the him. best amazing performance by him mm. um and I, I guess in terms of you know um your question which is what you know what what how it sort of uh, impacted my life um uh or impact or impact on, on myself in general um i think it's two two different stages so when i first watched it many many years ago or somewhere in the, in the 90s i suppose uh, when it came out um it was about you know the inspiration you know um reaching your goals um and 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 follow your heart to become a, a musician especially at that time i started doing some compositions myself and playing mm-hmm. the piano it was just a sort of an inspirational movie to, to take that road to take that path and absolutely given um, given his struggles as well um yeah exactly he, he overcame it yeah exactly very true yeah and and i guess the uh, in a different period of my life now that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a father, it's 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 also about the that um, relationship uh, between David Helfgott and his father, mm. um, and the way it sort of impacted me, I guess, is um, I had to you have to sort of um, understand and juggle um, the the way you nurture your kids and trying to sort of direct them in in their in their talent you know wh- whether it's um, piano or singing whatever it might have been um it's having uh, it's about having this sort of um balance between a really controlled way of conducting your parenting versus complete freedom so you have to have that kind of kind of balance i think yeah i, th- I think his father was very extremely strict Oh yeah, and but he didn't really know how to deal with that talent at the same time. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like the father was. It was a very intense relationship, and it was 
the father was like, yeah, once he saw the talent that his son had, it was, he expected him to be the success and he was very, very hard on him. And, uh, you know, to the point where it was like borderline abuse or, well, well, not even borderline, it was abuse. It was, it was, it was, abuse, it was a yeah. violent household that he grew up in. Yeah. yeah. So, so just tell us, tell us a little bit about David Health got himself, you know, and mm. uh, for anyone who's seen the film, like, and the reason Jeffrey Rush won the Oscar was he, he plays his character so well and he, he talks like a million miles a minute and he's not really making sense and he's he's stammering mm. all the time and and you know Jeffrey Rush nailed it and deservedly got that Oscar. So so who mm. was Jeff who was this David Helfgott guy and and what what was going on for him personally? Yeah, so I mean look he was he was a very uh, very talented um, pianist and he grew up in a you know very uh, I would say a mediocre to very poor family and mm. they really couldn't afford many many things. Um, so his father was basically very keen for him to and, and nurture him to 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 play piano and to learn piano and uh, push him to um, learn all the difficult difficult pieces, uh, I suppose, and compete in different competitions locally to try to get some 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 level of um, recognition. Mm-hmm. And and once he did, so he you know he got some recognition and he was offered uh, scholarships. Uh, overseas, I think initially to the U.S., but his father said no, ripped the paper out. If, I, I don't know if you remember the scene; he put it in the fireplace. So that was yeah, a, a, right. yeah. a very heartbreaking scene. And then yeah. later on, he um, he got to know um, a, a lady. I'm not really, I can't remember the lady's or the character's name, uh, but she basically was also encouraging him to go to um, and and try out in 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 the U.K. Um, so eventually, he's she arranged some kind of scholarship as well for him in the UK and he escaped uh, even though his father said you can't go and yep. did this same sort of uh, you know resistance but he um he yep. um he was very determined and he left and he went there yep. um and while he was there i guess and this is sort of i guess where the his uh, um uh, breakdown happened. He, he he tried to learn a, a piece uh, which is considered the more, one of the most difficult pieces in classical music is Rachmaninoff's um, concert, a piano concert number three. Okay, uh, it's extremely extremely comp- complicated. It's a three part concerto, and it's extremely complicated uh, to learn, to play, to master. And I guess in the back of his head, he wanted to go through that because he wanted to go back to his father eventually and say you know what i have learned this i've, I've done it to reach that level i've, yeah. done it. I've reached that level yeah he wanted but, his father's approval even though his dad was so hard on him didn't he yeah very true and during that process while he was playing it on concert he collapsed mm-hmm. and he had this uh, i can't remember the the mental condition he had but um um he, he needed shock therapy and shock therapy made it even worse yeah and he developed this speech impediment at the right. end um, that impacted his his life. Um, yep, that's right. Because we yeah. meet David Helfcott. He's a young boy. So he's played by three actors. He's yes. a young boy. And then the teenage mm-hmm. version, he's played by that Australian actor. Um, what's his name? He showed up in a lot of uh, American films as well. The name escapes me. Is it is it Noah <laughs> something? I can't remember his name. Too yeah, <laughs> he's he's in a bunch of movies. But someone can tell us the name later, <laughs> and that's where we in see. The comments. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's where we see that performance where, like you said, he collapses, and then the adult 
character played by Jeffrey Rush. And then, mm. like you said, that speech impediment. And apparently, like that, I because I remember looking, watching this film in high school media, and we mm. we sort of were talking about it in class. And apparently, he, Jeffrey Rush learnt that dialogue was all written for him. It wasn't necessarily mm. him just going. It was actually all written. <laughs> And he mastered mm-hmm. that and he, and he practiced it wow. to get it down pat, you know, and, uh, wow. and you know, that, and I might be, I might mm-hmm. be wrong here, but I think, I think I could be right. It was the first Australian actor to win an Oscar for best actor in an Australian movie playing an Australian character. I think it was the yeah. first, wow. because there's been Australian actors who've won Oscars, but mm. they've played American characters or English characters mm. like, mm. Now, we we say Russell Crowe's Australian, but I think he was actually born in New Zealand, and <laughs> you know, and Mel Gibson, I think, lived in Australia for a while, but he was actually born in America and Correct. all that. So yeah. De- Jeffrey Rush, Australian born in an Australian film, playing Australian character. Just mm. this film came out of nowhere in the nineties, and he mm. won the Oscar, and it set his career off. And and you know, he's uh, mm. he did a lot of great signature roles after that. And uh, yeah, and just a little shout out to a friend of mine. Uh, Chris Benson, who, when he was young, was an extra in this film. Um, wow. So if you're watching, Chris, we're just giving you a little shout-out to your scene. I think it's when David is <laughs> a boy. He's walking down, and there's all these other kids there with instruments, and there's Chris sitting there with an accordion, I think, and a big smile <laughs> on his face. So Chris is the friend of a – the brother of a friend of mine who I worked mm. with overseas. So, uh, yeah, little shout-out to Chris and his little contribution to Shine. Well done, mate. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so – so I guess in your own um your own musical journey, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. um, did did you have to sort of overcome any personal barriers or obstacles to to get your music out or to to make it a part of your life? Because it's it's hard to do that when you've got a job and you've got a family and all these other commitments. Yeah. So do you feel yeah. like you've sort of overcome some barriers yourself? It it, it was mm-hmm. difficult at the beginning, but now I think with um, with social media, with YouTube, Facebook. TikTok, mm. um, that um, spread, or you know, if you like advertising your own music, is it's slightly becoming a little bit easier. Um, and you know, um, you know, sort of before it was more or less, um, if you want to be discovered, you have to go on these talent shows. You know, like, you know, yeah. um, Australia's Got Talent or yeah, whatever, yeah. all these kind of. Um, <clears throat> ridiculous tv shows um but um but now so now these days is you know you you open up um uh, an account in youtube or 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 facebook or or spotify or um any of those um any of those uh, applications and you know your music spreads much much quicker and much easier and and more accessible i guess um, to people so but there's still, really no excuses not to get started these days, is there? No, exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely spot on. Spot on. For sure. You don't have to. You don't have to go play in pubs, do gigs in bars no. or whatever. You know, to no. promote your music. Nobody does that these days. So, mm. yep. Um, you can so... get started online. It's definitely a way to reach a lot of people, and you never know who's going to be listening to your music or reading your stuff or watching your your films. Exactly. You know, it's, you just you've got to get it out there. You know, there's always going to be barriers in life, but. Mm push through and i think that's what david health got does and what the story of shine is it's about him overcoming that and and his purpose really was to to master this piece of music and get all the, mm. the accolades and the acknowledgement which which he does i believe by the end of the film like he gets the station and all of that and yeah from memory if i remember it correctly so yeah great a great choice and a great 
film for anyone who's, I guess, wanting to be creative and is dealing with stuff at home or their own personal struggles is that, you know, you, you can do it. This, this David, David Helfcott was a real guy, you know, and he, he did it. And if you look at his, how his father treated him and mm. the time of life it was where it was even more mm. difficult, I guess, to get out there. And yeah, so it's a very inspirational story. Very inspirational. And sure. um, yeah, mm. definitely one I'll need to go and rewatch again. It's been a long time. But it, you tend not to forget it once you've seen it. It's, it's a very no, it's, it just sticks here. So it's, it's, mm. it's a very nice movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Great choice. Cool. All right. Well, for your last film, it, this is something completely different. And uh, <laughs> I think we're going to make a lot of people very, very chuffed now, very happy to talk about such an iconic, loved movie from the 80s. Mm. And uh, mm. oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So just just tell us, man, what, what who are we going to yeah. be talking about? This, yeah, completely different from the two movies. <laughs> so this is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yay. Jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything. Oh, he's such a sweetie. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's day off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste who doesn't love ferris bueller like, oh, what just... what just a legend of a of a character and just like one of the best movies of the 80s and yeah, yeah it's just it's yeah. a happy go lucky movie it is i mean just <laughs> you know you watch it and you just you know you just forget things and you just laugh and enjoy it and it's Definitely. such an just an easy movie to watch as well you know it's just um and so many um quotes that come out of it as well and yeah i i think i literally i can probably quote it you know scene by scene to be honest with you but <laughs> even though i haven't seen it for, for a long time but i still it's just such a, yeah. a an iconic happy happy movie for sure um, yeah and and yeah. look you and i we're kids of we were born in the 80s but we're more sort of kids yeah. of the 90s so ferris bueller was a little bit before our time but can can you remember where, you know when you saw it for the first time or who introduced it to you can you remember yeah of course um uh, might have been i think probably 1988 89 um my family just literally bought a vcr um <laughs> if people, i don't know if people know about what vcr from this generation but it's you know you play video, video series with it um you and... can find one in your local museum yes yes <laughs> that's right. yeah that's right um uh, yeah, and look, look at the time. I think we only had like maybe, maybe three videos with three videotapes. It was Ferris Bueller. It was um, it was uh, Romancing the Stone. Oh, was, right. Which was M Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Yeah, good one. And another kids movie it was a kids movie. I think it was called Ara An Arabian Adventure, um, uh, starring a very sort of I think you young Christopher Lee. If you know Christopher Lee, he was. Uh, yep. He's is the guy who does. I think he does does a lot of the rings and a few other. So he's a very yep. famous. British, oh, he was British around. Actor. He was around for years. He lived. Yeah, lived well into yeah. his nineties. Yeah, was, he was Dracula for a time being. He and... was Dracula. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very accomplished actor. Yep. <laughs> that's right. So these so, were the three films you had on VCR and on and, VHS. and was and, and they were on repeat like hundreds yep. of thousands of times. I mean, uh, yeah, I, that's I, it. I, I and that's how yeah. we lived growing up because like kids exactly. these days is like they can watch yeah. any movie anytime. 
on their mm. phone. We, I mean, we all can, but like, mm. they'll never understand that we had to go down to a video store and physically right. take the video off the shelf, <laughs> take it home. Oh, if it wasn't rewound, we had to rewind it. And if we had an old VCR, it took forever. And you're sitting there patiently and it's going, and you're like <laughs> saying, oh, please don't chew the tape. Please don't chew the tape. And then, it, and then it starts and then you're like, wow, this is an event where we're finally watching this film. And I remember having to go on the waiting list at the video store um, because there wasn't enough copies of the film to <laughs> to go around and stuff. And yeah, it comes from that that time. Well, of, it, 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 it was an exciting time. Like, you know, it's because you kind of look forward to to, to going to and, and checking out yeah. what are the new releases, what, what they have. Um, the one thing that was really kind of annoying was if you, if you return the video, Un, uh, if you don't un uh, rewind the the movie, yep. I think you got a like a two dollar something fee. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah so, back then that was a lot of money. Right. Like that was <laughs> that was the cost of renting another movie. You would miss out because you didn't rewind the bloody tape. Yeah, right? the movie from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> so that was just that was just it's it's really fun. It was it, you know, the life was simple, you know, and, and yeah, it was, was kind of simple thing. You kind of look forward to it, and mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I guess and yeah. Anyone living under a rock, who who is Ferris Bueller, and you know what's his day <laughs> off all about? Yeah. <laughs> look, I mean, look, Take I think back. it's every everyone's everyone's dream, you know, in in, in high school is you know is skip school. I think hundred percent. Yeah. The Australian word terminology is wag. You know, wag. The school, wag, you know, yeah. Wag school, um, and you know, it's you know, it's it's it's. For, I mean, the movie itself is about uh, him. Was a very popular kid at the. You know, in in his school, extremely popular, yeah, very very popular with um, everybody, and um, he he fakes his own sickness and you know decides to take a day off. Of course, his parents respond it quite easily because yep. he's a fantastic actor, um, and um, and uh, he basically calls his friend. His his friend is actually quite sick. Yeah. He's not. He wasn't. He wasn't sort of you know making it up as such, but he he pushes him to come. You know, to come out with him and and arrange some kind of um, uh, prank call to the to the school to get his girlfriend out of school. That's right. It's all very uh, by, well orchestrated, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> by faking her grandma's um, uh, uh, death. Yep. And and they all basically they all basically go out and they drive. Uh, the character's name is Cameron. 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 Is, that's uh, right. Yeah. And he's and the girlfriend is uh, Sloan. Sloan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Sloan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they drove in in, in cameras that's uh 1963, I should say, Ferrari mm. California or something. I can't remember the name of the car, beautiful red car, yeah, beautiful red car uh, into the town. And they spend the whole day in town, yeah, they go to museums and they go to this fancy restaurants. Yeah, and, they accomplish uh, a lot in a day, don't they? Yeah, that's I, right. I saw this article <laughs> recently saying some or a video, someone trying to um disprove the uh, Ferris Bueller's day off itinerary like how the hell could they actually do all this in one day <laughs> in a city like chicago which is massive and i think exactly. the thing that stuck out in my mind was like if this is a weekday when they're meant to be at school why is there a massive baseball game going on because <laughs> they go to the baseball right exactly um, but you know you, you look past these things because it's a movie and it's like mm. it's all about the character ferris played brilliantly by matthew broderick and and mm. uh just the the lengths he goes to to avoid going to school and just the, the stories he fabricates about himself <laughs> and of course the uh the spanner in the works there is his sister 
and mm. uh, who's onto him, and the principal who comes, who goes hunting for him and stuff. So you've got That's right. those two trying to find him and expose him and all this stuff. But he's always yeah. like one step ahead, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was to me honestly, it was like it was like two movies. You know, you've got the you've got um, you've got the 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 day off, you know, enjoying the the whole day off, and you've got this other movie, which is what if they actually stayed in school? What would happen? Mm. You know, you've got you've got that. Um, uh, that economics teacher, you know, at the oh, beginning, yeah. is is talking about Budo economics, and everyone's sleeping. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and he's like Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. anyone, Bueller. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so many iconic. Ones, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the other teacher was explaining something about the meaning of the prison, and yep, and you've got you've got um. Um, the the headmaster um, Ed, Ed Edward Rooney um, yeah. Yeah. was such a serious serious mm. serious guy and, yep. and trying to catch you know, trying to catch him. Uh, his whole um, mission is to finally bust Forrest Bueller yeah, in, in action and like yeah. <laughs> I mean that that scene when his mom uh, uh, he he calls uh, Edward Rooney calls um, Ferris Bueller's mom and and um, he goes to her, Do you know your son has been away uh nine times uh, yeah and, and the way he says nine times nine times uh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mum's finally like hang on and then she goes to his room and like he's orchestrated like this this mannequin and <laughs> a right. recording right. of snoring and it's like the it rolls over and she's like oh he's just asleep you know they're so <laughs> blissfully unaware aren't they <laughs> no yeah yeah, that's no, okay. You can learn the quite whole... a bit from Ferris, I think. Like, if you had to set up this day off and get away with it, like, he's got all the tricks, hasn't he? Like, he just... He does, he does. Nails yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. everything everything was fine. I mean, um, um, the, the scene where um, uh, where he, um, uh, he arranges Cameron to call Edward Rooney and pretends to be the father of Sloan. That's right. Um, and... He goes, you know, he, and Edward Rooney obviously doesn't believe him. And he thinks it's mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's Ferris pretending to be to be, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Ferris calls the other line. <laughs> yep. And there is this. I remember in in the soundtrack, there's this bell I can din din din. Yeah, yeah. And he picks up the phone, and then he picks up the phone. He sort of his eyes is closed. He goes, Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, is it yeah. the whole the whole thing was just sort of um yeah yeah the the way he orchestrated this whole uh uh I guess uh, prank call to get to embarrass Edward Rooney at the same time yeah it's genius yeah. isn't it it's, it's just genius yeah. and I think that's what we loved about the film being young is it's about kids outsmarting the grown ups you know and like that's right, yeah. fighting the system of school which is you know an institution in itself really uh, <laughs> and fighting that system to to get out and just go and live life you know and that's that's what ferris bill is all about he's just like i'm just going to exactly. live in the moment and enjoy myself you know and exactly. wherever he goes it's just a, a party and i think you know you've already mentioned a few of the scenes that you like but i think probably the best scene in the film that always brings a smile to my face is where he's on the, he's on the parade on the float Oh yes, yeah. and he's singing. And then the Beatles song happens. And then the whole city just starts right. dancing and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, it's just going off and it's, oh, it's just such a feel good, hilarious movie, isn't it? There's so many good scenes. I mean, that, that, that parade song is just, it really is nice because, um, you know, he, he's sort of um, saying to the world, 
you know, I don't care. Join me. Um, enjoy life. Um, he's singing, you know, uh, Twist and Shout by the Beatles, and he's singing. That's right. Danke Shane, Danke Shane. I think that's another sort that's of right. classic, yeah, uh, yeah. classic songs. And you've got you've got these beautiful girls around him, yep. uh, in the middle of the street, and you've got <laughs> those, you know, you've got those people dancing on the stairs. Uh, so it's just kind of it's it's yep. it's a really nice sort of um, feel good feel good movie. Um, yeah, uh, there's a quote from okay. it I love, and I'm I'm keen to see what your mm. thoughts are on this. Mm. I've actually referred to this quote Ferris Bueller has in in one of my books. Where he says life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you you could miss it. Uh, which yes. is, yeah. I think he says that like twice in the, the film or something. Yeah, he, he says he, it right at the right. end. And yeah, so to, yeah, let's yeah. let's unpack this now. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like the theme no, of, it's, the, it's, of the quote. It's right? the whole. It's the theme of the the, the movie. Theme really, movie, it's so, just yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, it's sometimes you just have to stop and yeah. think and look outside and enjoy life and enjoy. Yeah, have some friends, fun. you know, have some fun. Even if you get in trouble, it's worth it, right? Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I went to the same high school, and I think mm. I know you were only there for a year. But do you were you there when our high school brought in that guy they called the protocol? No. Were you there no. when they brought in the protocol? No. So no, that might have no. been that because you were there with us for year nine. Yeah. Just yeah. For one year. I think it yeah. might have been when we were in year 10, 1998. And we went to this, for anyone who doesn't know, all our mates who are watching this will remember who the protocol is. We went to this strict Catholic school called St. John's in Dandenong. And we were about a five minute walk from the shopping center in the middle of Dandenong. And a lot of kids would skip school or leave school early and walk up to the shopping center, right? The Dandenong Plaza. So the school was onto this. They were aware that this was happening. And um, they hired this guy who apparently was an ex like Navy soldier or a Navy SEAL or something that I don't know if that was true or they just told us that to scare us, but they called him the protocol. Like no one really knew his name. It was like the Terminator. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It was this guy and he wore sunglasses and he still had the Navy buzz cut and everything. And he would just, he was always chewing. He was up like this with his sunnies. (laughs) Right. And they, they instated this guy who would go and hang out the front of the, the shopping center and catch kids mm. wagging or like if we had an early dismissal or finished early for the day if we went to the mm. shopping center wearing our school mm. uniform we'd get told off and the school actually hired this guy you know and, and it, it kind of just reminds me of that principal in in the movie who just like he's on the hunt you know he's gonna he's gonna <laughs> find any student who's up to no good and just make their lives hell so it kind of <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that you know this guy the protocol um but i heard years <laughs> later apparently he was a very nice guy he was just you know doing his job um but <laughs> <laughs> who knows where um, he is now uh, <laughs> yeah i mean that last scene when when rooney edward rooney's uh his, his pants have been completely destroyed by by the dog and yep. he's just walking. um a piece of music that i always remember it, I, I can't remember the. i think it's something yellow i can't remember the name of the band yep. or, or the song but it, it used a lot of synth- uh, synthesizer, synthesizers, I should say. Yep. And it goes like, chick, 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 yeah, that's it. <laughs> that iconic music. That iconic yeah. music. It, it's just such a, it's just such a good back background music to this kind of scene. It really, mm. it really does. It just, uh, it just emphasizes the, the silliness of this whole situation at the end. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. and. And um, any view, any sort of younger viewers watching this who are like, Ferris Bueller, what are you talking about? Um, 
Oh, just a quick shout out for the the guy who made that film and a lot of other teen movies from the eighties, John Hughes, um, who really understood teens very well. The teens of the eighties, you know, The Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink and all of these films, um, and a couple of other good ones, Uncle Buck, um, Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I think yeah, he really was the king of those films in the eighties. But Ferris Bueller is a good place to start, I think, and. It's Weird so Science really is another of his movies. Weird Science. Weird Science as well, yeah. That's yeah, good yeah, so that, yeah. Great films there and really capture that that innocence of being a teen in the 80s. It, it really was that's the right, coolest yeah. decade, I think, to be uh, a teen or a kid. Like, my memories of it are a little bit foggy because I was born and we were born around, what, 81, 82, around the 83 our age group. So I remember, I guess I remember the later years of the eighties, but, um, and I had older sisters who sort of introduced me to a lot of the films of the eighties. So I was lucky in that way. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's such a great film. Just, uh, just love it. Just brings a smile to my face and exactly yeah, a great yeah. choice. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, I think the, the three films in general, uh, Sam, mm-hmm. you've chosen are, are all great and all different. All there's an element of music and how music's used in the films as well, which is obviously, mm-hmm the common theme there for you being a, being a music man. And um, yeah, just sort of lastly to kind of wrap up our chat, is there any other honorable mentions, any other films that maybe you were thinking of talking about or <laughs> any, anything you've seen recently or that you're looking forward to? Well, actually um, speaking of the 80, 80s, I mean, to me, I mean, Karate Kid, it has to go, you have to get a mention of Karate oh, Kid. Of course. Yeah. You know, it's uh, such a, another, sort of another iconic uh, mo- movie and, Another inspirational movie of the sort of the underdog and definitely. Uh, Have you gotten into Cobra Kai, the TV spinoff? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, how good love, is it? I, I love it. It's so, so it's such good. a well done, such a well done show. Oh, it's the best. I can't wait for the final season. Yeah, I, I hope they do do it justice. Yeah, they do, do it justice. Absolutely. Yeah, and the the angle they chose, you know, uh, to uh, to start that show is, is mm. a really good angle. Yeah. Oh, very clever. Yeah. From what's his name's uh, point of view, um, Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny's point Johnny of view, Johnny Lawrence, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, and and uh, some of your favorite film composers, like past mm. or current, working today, like who who are some of your favorites? We can give a shout out to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, Maurice Jarre. I mentioned before he's he's quite good. Uh, John Williams, obviously, who did the the you know the Star Wars and mm. Indiana Jones and um, and um, Jurassic Park. Yep. Um, uh most recently um uh most recently who would what else uh, what's his name um i can't i can't remember the i can't remember the name of the guy that um did the um uh the the hoppen hoppen what's the name of the movie uh, oppenheimer oppenheimer it is a service he's a swedish composer very young yep. guy or late late twenties, early thirties. I can't remember his name on top of my head at the moment. But um yep. he did that and he did also the, the Star Wars show on Disney. Um mm. uh he's very revolutionary because he sort of uses the um he uses the influence from rock music and the 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 the, the chord progression from rock music into classical. And that's something sort of unusual or, or unheard of um in in um, in tv and film mm. compositions yep um but um yeah if you haven't seen the movie go watch the movie yes listen to that soundtrack because that soundtrack is just mind-blowing oh um, it is yeah i've, I've seen course. oppenheimer and yeah i was actually yeah. listening to the the musical score of it on youtube the other night while i was mm. doing some writing and stuff and 
just channeling the you know the the genius of Oppenheimer and all that so yeah yeah, yeah fantastic and um you know there's so many great composers out there and so many iconic scores and yeah um and uh and where can people find your music Sam we'll, we'll put a little link up here on the screen yeah. so Spotify just search for for my name uh Sam uh, Sam Mukta um uh, you, you can also find me on SoundCloud as well um I've got uh, uh Sam Mukta music I'll 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 send you the link. You can yeah, share no worries. The, the link is appearing on our screen right now, <laughs> <laughs> magically. <laughs> um, and on YouTube as well. So I mean, the recording of the um uh, of the uh, orchestra, I've, I have four yes. videos of that as well on YouTube. Fantastic. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna share that now with our viewers to to close out this episode. Sam's little opus. So thank you very much, Sam. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure having you on my movie story, mate. And so good to reconnect with you as well personally after all these years. And you know we've uh, we've been we've just been heading off. And you know I'm looking forward to many more chats. And um, you know we'll uh, we'll go see a movie or something. You know it's not a mandate. It's not a mandate. It's just two guys <laughs> who like movies and. We'll go watch a movie and talk about the music and that sort of thing. Um, no Sounds dinner, good. nothing like that. Just <laughs> We'll just go watch a movie. But uh, thank you, mate. Thanks for being on My Movie Story. It's been great. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. All right, mate. Bye. Bye.